Welcome to the Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. What is synergy? Well, if you look it up in the dictionary, it's the interaction or cooperation of two or more organizations, substances, or other agents to produce a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. Well, the sum is greater than the total of its parts. What does that mean? In relationships, it means that when we come together, we are exponentially more powerful than what we are when we are apart. Do you think about your power? Do you have power in your own mind? Well, sometimes we don't really want to think about the effects that we have on the people around us. We figure if we don't care, then it doesn't really matter. But does it matter to you personally? I had an experience this last week, and I was thinking about if I wanted to present it to my listeners to share it with them, because it was pretty, it was pretty intense and it was pretty personal. But I think the lessons that were learned by the people, including myself, in these situations was priceless. It's based on the principle that we are accountable for everything we do, and more importantly, for everything we don't do. There's a very profound and ageless, timeless expression. If you love something, set it free. If it comes back to you, it is yours. If it doesn't, it never was. Wow, that's, that's a pretty heavy dose of reality. There was a very famous actor who said in a very famous movie, screaming to an attorney, you can't handle the truth. Can you handle the truth in your relationships? Can you let things go, trusting that they will come back to you? Or are you afraid of the truth? When it comes to your relationships, I had a very intimate conversation with someone very important in my life. And almost as rhetoric, I asked him just to see what his reaction would be. What's the difference between being detached and disconnected? Okay, wow. <laughs> Disconnected, detached. You know what? They kind of seem like the same thing on the surface. Aren't they basically just the same thing? No, they're not. Because being detached is being separate from something or someone else, letting them go. Being disconnected is cutting yourself off from yourself. That means you don't even have yourself to give to someone else, to something else, to be truly vested in what you are doing. When you detach, you have the ability to say, I'm still here and I still will be here for you if you need me and for anyone or anything else that requires my participation and my presence. Disconnected means I can't handle the truth and I have to cut myself off from me. What do you have left if you do that? How many of us do that inadvertently? We don't even realize that that's going on inside of us because as an act of self-preservation, to protect ourselves from the pain or the struggle or the responsibility, the accountability that comes with having power in a relationship, in a situation, in a setting. It could be work. It could be family. It could be in the community. When you have a responsibility to other people in your life, and that's all the time, when you have that responsibility you're accountable to the other people that are involved, to the situations that demand your presence and require your participation, but also to yourself because at the end of the day, you are all you have left. I was in a, a shelter. I actually did a sort of a study, an experiment recently in Phoenix, Arizona, because I wanted to see what homeless 
Yes, I still had resources. Yes, I still had people in my life. Yeah, I could get places to stay, but I wanted to see what the community really was like to the people who do not have a home. They do not have a stable environment. They do not have a consistent living situation. I had done everything exactly to the letter, according to the policies and procedures of these establishments, because I wanted to see what really were the people who worked there, the people who fund these institutions, the people who watch from a distance and say, yeah, I care about these people. What were they doing? And what were they saying? And what were they being? I was removed from the shelter in the middle of the rain, the pouring down rain. Now, I don't know how many of my listeners have actually been in a monsoon storm in Phoenix, Arizona, right? In the middle of August. That's a pretty harsh situation. But I looked at the people in the homeless shelter. They know I have epilepsy and they know that I have nowhere to go. And they knew that in that situation, I really and truly was helpless in that moment. They took all of my things, put them in garbage bags, put it out on the side, literally on the sidewalk, on the side of the street, and they locked the gate on me. Do you know why? Do you want to know why? This is a stupid reason. Because I went to Seattle to spend a week with my daughter. I told my caseworker. I told the manager. I told everybody. I even told the director of the institution. I had places to go. I kept in in touch with my other caseworker from another homeless shelter who was supposedly providing another community service to me. I said, this is where I am. This is what I'm doing. This is what's going on. This is why I'm doing this. And this is my plan for when I return. And I've already confirmed with my employer, that's part of the policy and procedure of having a job, that this is when I'm going to be back. And this is what I'll be able to do. Everybody knew everything about this situation. They really just wanted to get rid of me because they knew I was going to call them out on all of the corruption that was permeating that particular homeless shelter. I said, what's wrong? What's going on here? They said, well, you were kicked out over a week ago. I said, what are you talking about? I've been keeping in contact with my caseworker and the manager. I've been telling everybody who needed to know everything, everything. And they said, well, on one page of our, I don't know if they call it policy and procedure, you broke one, none, not specific rule. Was that a rule? Was that a requirement? Was that a responsibility? No, you know what? Because it wasn't really even specified. I ended up revealing to all of the residents there, that there were actually two different rules and rights and responsibilities. They had been distributing one that was outdated. Now, if the people that were working there were giving that false information to the residents, what does that say about them? Did they know? And it wasn't until I called them out on the inconsistencies of the execution of their policies and procedures How many of the employees knew full well that the information that I was given was inaccurate? How many of them genuinely didn't even know what the information was? Here's the question. When I was left on the sidewalk with six huge garbage bags, I actually think they were lawn bags because they were pretty good pretty good quality. They could hold a whole lot of stuff, a whole heavy load of stuff in each bag. They knew that I have a physical condition because they had seen it several times. And they knew that I was in a situation where my situation, no, you know what? My condition was going to be triggered. Having seizures, I have epilepsy. Yeah, I can manage them when I'm healthy, when I get rest, when I get exercise, when I am sheltered. I ended up in the hospital. I ended up losing my personal items on public transportation. My purse, my cellular phone, my wallet, my medication, my seizure medication. I lost it. 
because having seizures in the pouring down rain in the cold and dark, yeah, it made me have seizures. How many of the people who are staying in that shelter, who work in that shelter, my case manager, who knew exactly what I needed and exactly what I was doing, turned around and walked away? Does that even matter? Well, you know what? I don't care. That's their modus operandi. That's their personal philosophy. I don't care. It's not my problem. Is it? Whose problem is it? If we know that someone has a need, a genuine need, and we have the tools and resources and abilities to take care of that need, to tend to that person's need, to prevent things like being hospitalized, well, you know what? Someone on the street actually found my purse and they called the police because they saw me walking around in a, a semi-comatose state. Well, sometimes when you're having a seizure, you can be functional and have absolutely no idea what you're doing. That person was a good person. They did feel responsible to do the right thing. Do you feel responsible to do the right thing? Or do you just have a, I don't care, it's not my problem, attitude? Do you even know the power that you have? If you love something, set it free. If it comes back to you, it is yours. What if something or someone does come to you? Do you have that sense of responsibility, the moral fiber to say, yeah, I have what you need. I'm going to give you what you need because I have it to give. Do you believe there's more joy in giving than in receiving? Have you ever asked yourself what you truly believe? Because your belief is a foundation for what you do. And I've had debates with my colleagues, my very esteemed colleagues, some of my clients. What comes first, our thoughts or our feelings? Well, our actions are simply a manifestation of the one or the other. What do you think? Do you think your thoughts or your feelings come first? I'm going to go ahead and let my listeners ask me questions, but throughout the show, I'm going to be asking a series of rhetorical questions, and I'm even going to let people give me their comments in response to these questions, because most of the time, we don't even know what we believe until we hear ourselves say it. So I'm going to open up the lines now for the next half hour or so. I'm going to let people ask me random questions if they have them, because I've spoken to a lot of people on the street. But in response to my questions, I am very curious about thoughts and opinions, especially of people in the greater Phoenix area, because they know, they know what the situation is. The number here is 888-627-6008. Okay, so first I want to start with sort of uh, rhetorical questions, are all negative emotions bad? The ones that I really focus on as a coach are anxiety and fear and anger. Well, those are all very bad things to feel, but are they bad emotions? What's the point of them? And if we know that someone is having those emotions, what in the world do we do? Should we just let them feel those emotions or should we help them work through them? Well, okay, when we think about it in terms of put the mask on yourself first. Well, what does that mean when it comes to our negative emotions? When was the last time you actually said to yourself, I'm having a negative emotion. I'm going to put the situation on hold and take care of myself addressing the emotion separate from the issue that triggered it. Those are tough things to do, especially if you've never been taught how to take good care of yourself. Now, what comes first, our thoughts or our feelings? Because our feelings and our thoughts are what create our activity, our actions. Having the ability to say, you know what, 
This situation that I'm in right now, it's creating anger in me, not fear. Well, do you know what? When I was actually out on the street and I was looking at my bags of things in the pouring down rain, trying not to have seizures, which I ended up having, I was very angry. First of all, I was angry because my caseworker knew very well what I needed. And he had all of the resources and he knew the truth and he had the power to stop the women who were lying about me and who were sabotaging me and were undermining me. Yeah, I was angry at him for not doing the right thing, the morally right thing. Forget that it was his job description, but you know what? I was afraid. I was very afraid at the fact that Wow, these people that I trusted to do the morally right thing, they have absolutely no moral fiber inside of them. They know that what they're doing is hurting me and they don't care. What was more powerful at that moment? I would have thought it would be my righteous indignation. Well, you know what? That's a a form of anger. My fear was even more powerful inside of me. And when I'm sitting here on the corner thinking, hmm, I can't really carry all this stuff on public transportation. (laughs) It's not going to fit on the bus. It's too heavy. And my physical limitations are going to prevent me from doing things that I would be able to do, let's say, if I had a U-Haul, right? Well, I have to be able to think. I have to make good decisions about what's going to go on in my life. Have you ever had a situation where you were feeling fear and anger at the same time? Well, how do you how do you manage that? What do you do with those feelings? And then what do you do with your life circumstances that created those feelings inside of you? Well, I had a a few different options. I knew that there were people that I had met on the bus because, like I said, I've been doing sort of this experiment, this project for the last eight months, now nine months. And so there are people on the bus who say, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, I've seen you before. And how's things going? And what about your radio show and your books? And some of them are homeless. Some of them aren't. Public transportation is becoming a more common thing. I had to make a decision. You know what? I have a little bit of money here on one of my cards. Should I just take uh, a taxi, right? I've got a couple different uh, taxi services where people use their own cars. Should I just throw everything in the trunk of a car and figure out how I'm going to live in a storage space for the next few days? Yeah, that's that's basically what I did. And as I was unpacking my things into storage, I thought, now I have to figure out what I really want to do as a living situation. Do I want to take this to the next level, actually pursuing this legally? Because, yeah, I have a lot of leverage. I have a lot of evidence and a lot of substance going on around these situations with different employees of these different institutions. Or do I really want to make the situation better for the other victims in these establishments? That could be the employees. Even the employees could be the victims because it's the people who are running the show in these different places who are limiting what people are able to do, even the employees. Actually, that's kind of what I thought my caseworker was experiencing because the people who are his managers and his supervisors basically look at him every time he tries to be a good person and they say, you do realize we have all the power here. It doesn't matter what you want and it doesn't matter what you think. We ultimately have the final say. I don't know. Here's the the truth. I don't know what people think and feel. I have the ability to ask them. I'm very direct and I'm very forward when I ask them, what do you really want? What do you feel? What do you believe? What do you want to do? And what can I do to be a part of that? Because I've always said this on my show to my clients and to strangers on the streets, there is no neutral. If you are not contributing to the solution, you are perpetuating the problem. But in situations like this, perpetuating the problem is just keeping it going 
at the same pace, at the same force, at the same velocity, yeah, speed, uh, the intensity that it was before you got there. But you know what? When it gets to the point where they're propelling the problem, they're actually adding force, they're increasing the speed, that's worse. Do you have the discernment to say, yeah, if I am not making a situation better, I am making it worse because there is no neutral. Well, I kind of had that little debate with a young woman in front of the library when she was talking about how I needed to vote. Yeah, we got a lot of politicians and supporters and um, surveyors, people trying to get you to make a choice between everything from the the candidates to the policies to the new laws that are going to be going on and i said no i'm not going to vote i'm not going to participate in this because i do not agree with either one wholeheartedly agree with either one i think both of them are contributing to the problem Ooh, she was ready to get into a debate with me well that's okay because i'm an intp and i can debate all day and and not not be bothered by it. I can even argue both sides of an issue. But what I basically said to her was, there is no neutral. If you are not making a situation better, you are allowing it to continue to be bad, if not making it worse. Well, she really didn't want to understand the principle that we have an accountability and that every decision we make is going to either make it better or worse, every situation, every person that is involved in every situation is going to be affected by the things we say and do, and more importantly, are. Now, let me ask you the next question. What are you? Because you know what? You can say and do a lot of really good things, but if really at the core, deep down inside, you're not a good person, then all of the good things you're doing are still not going to create good in the world. What you're thinking and what you're feeling is more important than what you're saying and what you're doing. And that's why I've always said, especially to my kids and my husband, quality over quantity. I would rather have two ounces of amazing than two tons of garbage, waste toxicity. Yeah, my kids knew that I was horrible at doing domestic things, maternal things, but they forgave me and they were extremely patient with me as their mother because they knew that everything I did, as unimpressive as it was, was high quality. They were the love in my heart and the the brilliance in my mind they were going to get the best of what I had to offer. It wasn't going to be very much, but that's what built trust. That's what built mutual respect. And just the fact that as their mother, I did respect them. Wow, how many parents respect their kids and actually tell them on a daily basis in individual situations, wow, I admire your talent and your strength and your qualities. Not very many, not enough. Do you have the ability to say, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing the absolute best that I can? Or are you trying to fake it? People can tell when you're trying to fake it. Like all of these women who are in this women's um, homeless shelter. Wow, they are genuinely bad people. They know full well that they are undermining and sabotaging the well-being, the emotional well-being of the people that are living there, that are going to them, seeking help and support and resources to improve their situation. And again, going back to their principle, as a staff, the people working in these places, if they know that there are going to be things that the people who reside there will need, and they have access to those things, and they know the answers to the questions that are being asked of them, and they deny those things to the people who need them, they are, they're not only 
preventing their success. They're undermining that success. Have you ever done an inventory, taken an inventory of yourself? How much do you truly know? Accurately, no. Okay, sorry, let me go ahead and rephrase that. How much accurate information do you have that could be put to good use? When you are helping people, how often is your positive energy really the source of your behavior, your actions that you're taking? A lot of people didn't believe when I told them, I really and truly have no permanent residency. I have no home. I am living in these shelters. Yes, I can make $200 an hour as a relationship coach. Yes, I can make $10,000 as a speaker making videos and um, delivering information in a very, very large setting in a wide distribution way. But I need to know what's really going on here. And when I ask people, what do you think? What do you feel? What would you like in this situation? What do you need in this particular circumstance? Yeah, I'm, I'm naive. I trusted that people were telling me what they really needed and what they believed and what they wanted. But when it came down to it and I provided the things to them that they were asking for, they didn't take it. They didn't truly want those things. They just said that they did because, yeah, on paper it looks good when you say you want to be better and you can describe what better is. The question is, are you going to do the work? What are they going to do? Well, what's the person next to you going to do? Is that going to determine what you do? So stop now. Let's just go ahead and take a little bit of a break. Take an inventory. When we come back, you are going to have a series of questions to ask yourself to figure out, first of all, how much do you know yourself in the first place? And more importantly, how ready are you to accept who you are? This is the Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. Welcome back to The Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. When we're talking about relationships and synergy, what we create when we come together with people, one of the best things that I like to say to people is there is no neutral energy. You are either positive or negative. Well, you know, if you say, I don't care then you're not really either one. You're not vested in either side, really. When you have choices to make, when you have situations that you're in, and someone says to you, take a stand for one thing or another, what are you? Do you know? Well, relationships are not a right. They're a responsibility. 
when you have a, a responsibility, you have an accountability. How much do you know yourself? How much do you know others? You know what? I'll be honest, ladies and gentlemen, I have absolutely no intuition when it comes to people. I have absolutely no sensory awareness. My kids make fun of me and my husband laughs at me. I could literally be looking at someone and I'll ask them a question. They're lying. They're blatantly lying. And there's a lot of different clues and cues to indicate that they're lying. I have no awareness of any of them. And like my daughter, she's an intuitive feeler. She can feel people. My husband, he's a sensory perceiver. He can sense people. <laughs> my oldest, he's a, a feeling judger. He can make feeling judgments. I don't have any of that. I'm not, I'm not a feeler. I'm not sensory and I'm not a judger. So when I'm talking to people, when I'm dealing with people and I say, what do you really want to know? Do you want to know the truth? Because I'm going to tell you, I don't have the filter to basically deliver the message in a way that is going to be the most palatable to you. If you genuinely want to be in a relationship, you have to be ready to deal with the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with accountability for your decisions, for your choices. How honest are you, first of all, with yourself? And then with others, you're never going to be more honest with the people in your life than you are with yourself. Because if you can't even manage the real, accurate, complete, big picture information about your situation, you're not going to be able to give that information to other people. And if you don't give that information to other people, you're tying their hands. You're limiting what they are able to have with you and do with you and be with you. Well, the place that I was at, the situation that I was in, that I'm done now, I'm done with that homeless situation because I have basically seen the full spectrum. I've dealt with the people, the, the residents of these establishments, the people running the show, how many of them genuinely don't have the resources and how many of them really do want that toxicity. Wow, I, I couldn't believe how many people know full well that what they're doing is harmful to themselves and to the people around them. When they have the option to improve their situation, they walk away from it. Not just the staff, not just the directors of these places, but the residents. When I said to them, look, we can go ahead and start a group here. We can create, create support for each other and for ourselves. There are resources here, monetary resources. There are time and people that are around us that are available to us, spaces and places. And well, yeah, when you ask them at the beginning, they say, definitely, I, I really want to make things better. I'm a good person going for a good cause. Do they really follow through on that? How much do people want to do work? How much work do people want to do? How much giving do people want to do? Well, when it comes to support, when it comes to personal social support, you have to know how to relate to people. What would you be willing to give if someone came to you and said, I have a genuine need? And you had that genuine resource, the ability to fill that need. Seeing homeless people, I got to tell you, I was really surprised in Phoenix how many of the bus drivers know not to stop at that bus stop. I say, how do you know that? That person might want to get on the bus. I say, no, you can just tell. <laughs> well, apparently they live there. Okay. Um, yeah, no, they're doing drugs there. They're selling drugs there. Um, okay, well, then maybe you should call the police on them. Eh, there's no point. It's not going to do any good. Well, how do you know? You, it might do some good. Well, but it's not worth it. That surprised me, I think, more than anything. People who 
drive buses. They have numbers that people on the street don't have. Well, you know what? Calling 911. Let's just call 911. <laughs> but, you know, when I, I spoke to policemen and the uh, operators for those emergency phone numbers, they say, but you know what? If we were to take care of all of the people who needed help, we wouldn't have the time and resources left for the criminals. Okay. Well, let me go ahead and think about that now. Hmm. <laughs> that that was a little confusing to me because in my mind, prevention, right? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. How many of the people in the places where I was staying really did want to have the resources accessible to them? And how many would take advantage of those opportunities to make their own situation better? Forget other people. Let's just talk about putting the mask on yourself. Would you want to do the work if you had resources available? Would you even know what kind of mask you need to put on yourself? What's the actual problem? Well, that right there is a problem. Most people don't know themselves well enough to be able to say, this is my genuine need. And if it were extended to me, if it were offered to me, the service or the um, the time, the energy, the effort, the attention was given to me, I would know what to do with it. Not only would I accept it, but I would appreciate it and I would pay it forward. Would you give before you receive? That's the genuine touchstone. It's the indication of the quality of your mind and your heart. Are you honest with yourself? When my father told me that as a little girl, he said, you, you can't lie to yourself, sweetheart. You can't because then you start believing your own lies. When you start believing your own lies, everything around you disappears because then your entire world is not truth. When you don't even have yourself then when you need something, you can't even look to yourself to take care of yourself, to give you what you need. What do you have left? Who in your life, ask yourself, who in my life knows me, the real me, maybe even better than I do, simply because there's a big part of myself that I don't, I don't tell myself, that I don't accept about myself. At the beginning of the show, I said, if you love something, set it free. Would you set yourself free just to be who you truly are so you can accept things about yourself that for some reason you're in denial? What's denial? It's lying to yourself, believing your own lies. When we have the confidence and the strength to say, I will absolutely help someone else. I will accept someone else. Yes. Well, what about yourself? Do you have the strength and the confidence to say, I have the ability to not only be honest with myself, but to take care of myself at the times when I need to? Okay. Well, you know what? I, I like to use the example of your wits. You have your wits about you. What's, well, first of all, what are wits? Well, that's astuteness of perception or judgment. That's an ability to make a good decision quickly. Do you have the ability to maybe take care of other people, right? Because you can make a really good, quick decision discerning the situation that you're in. Like for the example, the, the homeless shelters that I was staying at. If there was an emergency, life or death situation, would you have the judgment, the good judgment and perception ability to say, this is an emergency situation. We need to take care of this situation. Not only am I going to accurately make the right decision, but then I'm going to have the, the confidence and ability to carry out that good decision for someone else. Well, how about yourself? When was the last time you did really take an inventory? How much of your situation is emergency? 
how many people in your life, currently in your daily life, are the kind of people that would say, yeah, you have a need. I have a need. Let's take care of our needs. Is it possible to find good people? Absolutely. And I can't wait to share this with all of my listeners today. There was a man literally at the bus stop who saw me walking around. I left my purse. I left my purse at the bus stop right there on the bench because I was busy having a seizure. He went into my purse and not only called the police and said, look, this lady, we got to turn her purse into lost and found. Where's the, the Phoenix lost and found? He left my money all of my money in my purse. Do you have any idea how many people would never believe that? Second, he called on my phone. Well, he texted, actually. He was going through my phone. And the first thing he did was find the name in my contact list with a great big heart next to it. Well, you know what? That happened to be my problem, child. I just happened to have a great big heart next to it. His name, because I love him very, very much, and I, I call him Moko. He said, you know what? I don't know who you are, but you're the only one that has a heart next to their name. You need to tell this person, this lady, whoever she is, <laughs> she needs to lock her phone. Okay, well, you know what? I disagree with that because if I had locked my phone, he wouldn't have been able <laughs> to text my son. It was okay for me to trust people and to be able to say, I have people in my life who are good. And it is okay to trust people and be disappointed because when you have that good energy in your heart, you will create good things in your life. You have an ability to perceive situations and make good judgment calls most when you are healthy and positive in yourself without people separate from other people when we're talking about those emotions those negative emotions you can have anxiety you can have fear you can have anger in your life and still have amazingly good judgment astuteness wits about you in any kind of situation because you can say this is what i need and these are the places i can get it at any moment that's not going to go away those are things that you have inside of you that you will constantly have access to it's only when you stop taking care of yourself that you lose access to those things well okay so there's some things that are required personal care. Yeah. Well, what kind of personal care do you need? Well, the personal care that I wasn't getting in this facility, one of them was sleep. You have to get good sleep. Another one is exercise. You need physical activity to get quality tired when you have relaxation. But is your lifestyle something you need relaxation from? Well, is it stress or is it just good physical activity? Take an inventory of that. When you have personal care of good good activity throughout the day, good rest, good health food, doesn't have to be health food, health diet, that's going to help you be more physically active. The surroundings, the people that you're around, the, the people that you're with, that you're interacting with throughout the day. Do you know how high quality the people in your life are? That alone is good for your health. When you have a, a situation that says, wow, everybody around me is complete trash. Well, that's what a lot of people would have said when I was staying in shelters or when I was going um, on bus rides, literally just to speak with people in the streets and ask them questions about these facilities. Everyone was saying to me, don't talk to them. They're trash. I would always say, really? And is that why they're helping me out in this way? Is that why when I I was literally walking around the streets, in a really, really dangerous, a physically dangerous situation, this person helped me out. 
people really are good at heart. It's just a matter of figuring out who they are. And the only way you're going to know who other people are is if you know who you are. Now, what I've decided to do, simply because there was so much interest in what I was doing in these facilities, is have a a group, some kind of group that will get together, since I have pretty much a list of about 150 of the three different facilities I was in, 150 different people who had said to me at one point or another, I really do want your information. It's just that these places, they won't let me have your information. Well, okay. Now that I can definitely confirm that none of these places are interested in letting me give this information for free to the people that were asking for it from me. I'm going to have to do it independently. If there are other facilities, if there are other groups, if there are other individuals who want to help these people who are good people, they are sincere people, they are trustworthy people, they are worthy worthy people, we can get together and we can create resources for the community on how to be high quality individuals in our life in our choices. Yeah, I can go ahead and find 10 people who will give me $250 an hour. Yeah. Or I can find 250 people who will give me $10 an hour. Or I could just give my services as a gift to the community for free. I know that a lot of the people that are not homeless have no idea how good homeless people are. But it's tough because when you have that situation, when you are in a situation the way I was when I was in a facility where they would undermine me, they would proactively undermine me, that can corrode your confidence. It can really make you a little scared. It can make you insecure. If we get together and we help people and we create a synergy that is positive and helpful and supportive, anybody who wants the good, they can have access to it. If you're not making the situation better, you're making it worse. You ask yourself, first of all, are you ready to be honest with yourself? Second, Are you interested in genuinely helping other people make life better for themselves and then by extension for other people? Third, do you genuinely want to participate in something that's going to make the world better? The lady that I spoke to at the library who was trying to get me to vote and I said, no, what you are doing is not making the world better. You're trying to change a law that's going to sort of supervise what people do, it's not going to change who they are. And it's certainly not going to encourage them to become quality people separate from this law. When you have the ability to be with people and say to them, when I come together with you, I'm going to bring something positive to your life so you can be a higher quality person when you walk away from me. That's the synergy that we can create. I know Phoenix is too hot for most people. (laughs) I like Phoenix, and I'm always going to keep coming back here. But the most important thing that's true of all people everywhere, if they want information, then they have to have the responsibility that comes with that information. The power that comes with responsibility will always demand accountability. Are you ready to handle the truth, the truth about yourself? Are you ready to do good things for other people with absolutely no expectation of anything in return? Those are the two really key points about the success that you have in your life. You might not ever get rich. You might not ever be famous, but if you know that what you have done from the time that you've woken up to the time that you've gone to sleep at night has been a high quality, it doesn't have to be a high quantity. 
when we're talking about are you detached from things to the point where you can let them go and trust that they will come back to you versus disconnected, which is completely cut off from yourself, you can say, these are the things that I need from other people and give them the opportunity to experience the greater joy in giving than in receiving. That's what creates the powerful synergy, the positive energy that will make the world a better place. You don't have to change a law to make the world better. You just have to be a very high quality soul when you interact with other people. Oh yeah, that's what everybody knows, right? On a head level, but on a heart level, what's that? We watch a lot of TV. We listen to a lot of, I don't even want to say information, audio books, um, media, the radio, the different sources of information. They give us all kinds of conflicting information. You know the truth. The question is, can you handle it? Do you want to acknowledge it? Do you want to do something with it? I think if there are more people who come together with that mindfully, proactively educated belief system of everything that I do is based on everything that I'm thinking. Everything that I'm thinking is based on what I feel. It's okay to feel things. It's important to feel things. Our thoughts are going to create our actions, but our feelings are going to create our thoughts. Embrace your feelings and be honest with everybody about them. Know how to manage your feelings in order to generate healthful thoughts, in order to create proactive and healthy actions. Yeah, synergy is powerful. You are powerful. The only way that can continue is if you are proactive and mindful and healthful emotionally and mentally. Thank you for listening to The Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona.